0: okay so we're picking up from Acts chapter 13 now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers Barnabas Simeon who is called Niger, um Lucius of Cyrene Menean and member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them then after fasting and praying, they lay their hands on them and send them off. So uh, we're back in this church, and it gives us a list of the leaders. Um, uh, Barnabas is listed first. Uh, Saul is last, and in the middle are all these other names, which are all uh, Gentiles. That's that's the thing to notice. This was a church that was full of gentiles or you could put it international leaders so this is an international church so the leaders reflect the demographic of the members of this church and while they're worshiping and uh, they were fasting as well so it looks like fasting is part of their regular act of devotion not devotion not just eating (laughs) together but fasting together so um, the holy spirit said set aside barnabas and saul for this particular work. It's a work of mission. And it's interesting it's interesting that um, God uh, sets aside, um, they're essentially their senior pastor <laughs> to, to send off a mission. It's interesting that um, the person you're sending away is maybe even your best person to be doing mission and not keeping them to be pastor in your church, which wouldn't be a bad thing, but this is just what they did uh, in the church in Antioch. So verse four, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to, they sailed to Cyprus. Uh, when they arrived at Salamis, uh, when they arrived at Salamis sorry, just got a message they proclaimed the Word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the magician, for this is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, looked at him. And said "Um, you son of the devil (laughs) you enemy of all righteousness full of deceit and villainy will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord and now behold the hand of the Lord is upon you and you'll be blind and unable to see the Sun for a time immediately mist and darkness fell upon him and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So this is their first missionary journey. They go to Cyprus, and they travel through the city, and they meet um, this uh, this false prophet. It's a Jewish false prophet. Just just worth notice, noticing that. A Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, or Son of Jesus. And he was... Um, interesting interesting (laughs) interesting guy he did magic tricks he was swaying the proconsul this very important leader uh sergius paulus and it's almost as if this guy is keeping sergius paulus from believing in the gospel you know just just making things crooked and he was verse 8 trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith so very active opposition from this very powerful individual This false prophet, uh, powerful, I say, because he could do these magic tricks. Um, And so Paul does not waste any time. It says here Saul, also known as Paul. So here we start to encounter his more popular um, um, Roman name. So Saul is his Jewish name, Paul is his Roman name. uh, And he essentially curses him with blindness. And he goes, uh, someone to lead him by the hand. And um, because of this powerful display, um, the proconsul believed verse 12. And he was astonished also at the teaching of the Lord. So it's important to notice that he was influenced um, wrongly by this false prophet. But what turned him away was this miracle, but also the message. You know, he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, so it's Barnabas it's Saul it's John Mark who's with them Uh, but here we start to see Paul taking on an active role in the mission Uh, previously you know Barnabas is named first in the list of leaders so he's kind of like the senior pastor he's the one who brought Paul in and so Barnabas is the 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 main guy he's older as well Uh, but now we start to see Paul taking the lead in the way that he is authoritative, you know, in speaking to Bar-Jesus, to Elemas, the sorcerer, but also in the way that he is also kind of like dealing with the situation. So he's displaying um, leadership and authority, but also uh, he's taking charge in terms of this mission work that the Holy Spirit has sent him to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Verse 13. Now Paul and his companions set sail from paphos and came to perga in pamphylia and john left them and returned to jerusalem but they went from perga and went and came to antioch in pisidia and on the sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down after the reading from the law and the prophets the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying brothers if you have any word of encouragement for the people say it so paul stood up and motioning with his hand he said men of israel And you who fear God, listen, the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt, and with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness, and after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he, sorry, I lost my place, (laughs) he gave them their land as an inheritance, sorry, verse 20, all this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then he asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised, before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me, one is coming, the saddles of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, Uh, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets which are read every sabbath fulfilled them by condemning him and though they found in him no guilt worthy of death they asked pilate to have him executed and when they had carried out all that was written of him they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb but god raised him from the dead and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from galilee to jerusalem who are now his witnesses to the people and we bring you the good news that what god promised to the fathers this he has fulfilled to us by their children by raising jesus as also it is written in the second psalm you are my son today i've begotten you and as for the fact that he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption he has spoken in this way i will give you the holy and sure blessing of david therefore he says also in another Psalm, you will not let your holy one see decay or the corruption for David after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption but he whom God raised up did not see corruption let it be known to you therefore brothers that through this man forgiveness of sins are proclaimed to you and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded, and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of god we'll pause here for a moment it's a really long reading (laughs) essentially uh, paul and barnabas speaking to a group of jewish uh friends in a synagogue so so they're they're in um where are they (laughs) uh they came to antioch so this is Pisidian antioch they go to the synagogue on a sabbath day on a saturday and they're just respectfully sitting at the back listening to the synagogue leaders and then because they're guests out of courtesy they says do you have something for us you know as god sent you here with a message and they preach the gospel but in a way that's so sensitive and so wise uh in speaking to Jewish people they they recap the story of the old testament of god you know saving his people from the exodus god giving them the land and god giving them the king so that's that's the build up to uh, King David you know verse 22 uh, he raised up David to be their king and I found in David the son of Jesse and that's important because later on when he does talk about Jesus it's a fulfillment of this kind of like promise given to David that there will be another king like him there will be this ultimate Davidic king who's from his dynasty from his family but also much more uh, prominent you know, much more kingly even than King David. But yeah, he builds up from the Old Testament to King David. And this is important because, again, he's speaking to Jewish people who've learned this all their lives. You know, they, They're familiar with this. He's, he's saying that this is building on something that you know. This is not something entirely new. This is something that God has revealed to you in his word. This is the same God. And therefore, this is the same promise that God has given to you through David. And that's when he turns to Jesus. He said, the turning point, Uh, is verse 26 brothers sons of the family of abraham those of you who fear god he's speaking to you know people who are on the same team says let me tell you about jesus and he tells them how people did not recognize jesus you know verse 27 those who live in jerusalem they did not recognize him they did not understand the utterances of the prophets so it says we have this bible but we did not understand how it is this same Bible, this same scripture that points forward to Jesus. And he's almost saying that, I hope you see I hope you see something that they did not see. And that's just so sensitive, so reasonable to to speak to people who know God, to say that God himself is pointing you to Jesus. God's word himself is pointing you to Jesus. I think that's just very sensitive of Paul to do this because he's essentially saying that we don't naturally do this. You know, we they didn't see him and that's why they killed him that's why they, they condemned him to death that's why they rejected him uh, verse 28 and though they found no guilt worthy of death they asked Pilate to have him executed they wanted him to be killed and they did all this according to God's plan verse 29 all that was written of him they carried it out God had already foretold this in the Old Testament you know the king would have to suffer and this would be God's chosen king and in their causing him to suffer, in their killing him, they're actually fulfilling what um, uh, yeah, what, what God had foretold of, of, of them. Sorry, I'm just distracted by a message. But yeah, um, but this is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. It's it giving you all these Old Testament uh, Psalms and uh, uh, references. So Psalm 2, you are my son. Today I've, I've begotten you. Um And in another psalm, you'll not let your Holy One see corruption. Um, Another one, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. I'm doing a work that you will not believe. So when he builds up to Jesus, therefore, he's saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. That's his end point. He says, you believe the Old Testament, believe in Jesus, whom God raised in fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. And as a result, people were curious You know, verse 42, they begged that he might come back, do a sequel, come back next, Sabbath, and talk more about this. And as a result, also verse 43, many people followed Paul. You know, many Jews, many devout converts followed Paul and Barnabas. And he's urging them, remain in this grace. You have this grace now, remain it. Keep following through and follow it all the way to Jesus. So they might not be Christians yet, but they're on the right track yeah he says follow through go all the way to the end go all the way to jesus now something happens the next sabbath and this is verse 44. so picking up from verse 44 the next sabbath almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the lord <laughs> previous week he was just in church just the people in church now everyone in cambridge turns up to hear a sermon the following week the following sabbath but when the jews saw the crowds they were filled with jealousy And began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you might bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So how interesting and how tragic how interesting that suddenly there's this audience that the whole city turns up to hear a sermon but the thing is they're not jews that's the thing they're not members of our church what are you doing here why are you taking up space in my church the whole city is now curious to hear paul and i guess word got round that here is someone who's coming to speak from god and he's going to be at this location and everyone turns up in your church But the thing is, the people in this church don't like the fact that all these strangers are coming around. And so as a knee-jerk reaction, they reject the gospel. They they, they reject Paul. The same people who asked him back (laughs) to speak in their church are now rejecting him because they don't like the idea. They really don't like the idea that people who are not like them are hearing the gospel. People like them are being saved through the gospel. And Paul says, you know, since you push it aside, you judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. We are turning to the Gentiles. And that is so tragic that through their rejection, you know, it's almost God is offering you this, <laughs> this gift. Said so, No, no, I don't want this. But through this rejection, God says, okay, I'm going to give it to them. And he quotes here. I'm not sure wh- wh- where this is from. This is looking at the footnotes. My eyesight is so bad. I can't make it out. So Isaiah forty nine, forty nine verse six. I've made you a light for the Gentiles, and it's interesting here because um, you would think that this is talking about Jesus being a light, but here Paul is saying that we are a light. And I think actually it is talking about Jesus, but there's a double fulfillment as well that God uses Jesus to reach the Gentiles. God uses us to preach Jesus to reach the Gentiles verse 48 and when the gentiles heard this they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the lord and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed and the word of the lord was spreading throughout the whole region but the jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirring up persecution against paul and barnabas and drove them out of the district again these are their own people their own friends driving them out because they're preaching to the wrong crowd The wrong kinds of people are coming into the kingdom of God and they don't like it and so they'd rather reject their own than to have someone not their own join their church not their own receive the gospel Uh, verse 51 but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit ah that was a heavy chapter should I stop here um, I'm going to try to push on. I'm going to try to push on to chapter 14. Okay. Now, at Iconium... <laughs> stomach is rumbling, kind of hungry. Now, at Aconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Jews and Gentiles and Jews with the rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lycaonia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. And this pattern of rejection and preaching, rejection and preaching, you're starting to see that this is the norm now. You know, this is the very by the way this is the very first missionary journey This is the first time you're doing this project whereby god says go out go and preach the gospel and what do you get opposition <laughs> when you get people who who reject you and kick you out of their town and you're starting to see that paul and barnabas are taking in their stride so, Yep, yeah, you know you know what we're just going to go elsewhere and there's something really really amazing about this because again no one has encountered this before you would think that they would be discouraged. They would just, oh, you know what? This isn't working out, let's go back home. But actually what's happening is this is driving them ahead. You know, I'm not sure they even planned to cover so much ground. And if it wasn't for this persecution, maybe they wouldn't have gone to the next town. They would just stay there and just work there. But it's interesting, interesting, isn't it? That the reason why, partly at least, why they've covered so much ground, preached the gospel in so many places, And so many other people are coming to Christ. It's because they kept getting kicked out, kicked out, kicked out from the different synagogues, different towns by their own people. Interesting, interesting. Verse 8. Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet and he sprang up and began walking. It's very similar to chapter 4, what Peter did with the guy outside the temple. Immediately the guy gets healed. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in Lycaonian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Uh, Again, highlighting how paul was maybe doing most of the preaching most of the teaching on these missions you know paul has now taken on the mission for himself even though barnabas was the older christian paul was now owning it you know paul was now taking on the responsibility of speaking the gospel to non-christians and the priest of zeus whose temple was at the entrance of the city brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds But when the uh, apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to the living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, even with these words, you know, he is begging them, stop doing this. This is wrong. You shouldn't do this. God is, God is not pleased with this kind of worship. You know, they scarcely retrain, restrain the people from offering sacrifice to them. Now we've seen this before. We, we, we've seen this before with Peter, when Cornelius bows down to worship, he says, no, I'm just a man. But now Paul has the same ministry-mindedness, same, ministry same God-mindedness in saying, you know, we should not receive anything that is due God and God alone. Things like praise, things like sacrifice, sometimes things even like you know, applause. It's very, very dangerous to receive this, even in the due course of ministry, because it can distract them from God. It can be an idol. In this case, they consider God, they consider Paul and Barnabas, Zeus and Hermes because they think that they're doing these amazing things and they themselves have power, but they're saying it's a very, very dangerous thing to turn yourself, your own ministry, your own preaching into an idol. And so they grieve and they try to stop them, but they're unsuccessful. And here, here is one of those examples whereby success can almost be an idol that detracts you from being faithful in your ministry. You know, and and despite what they do, you know, they're almost, maybe even too successful, <laughs> because they heal this guy. They heal this guy, and in Peter's case, you know, healing them causes many people to come to faith. You know, a few thousand people be, uh, become Christians. If I'm not mistaken, I think the church grew to five thousand or something like this. But here, the same miracle causes people to turn towards idols. And it just shows what a strong hold idolatry and success and self-worship has on our hearts. And you know, yeah, yeah. Interesting response. Verse 19, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul. So interesting, right? Earlier on, they were worshiping Paul, but now they are stoning him. They're trying to kill him. And dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Darby. track back to all the places they stop to and encourage them. You know, it's, it's such good follow-up. You know, they don't just go and preach and then say, okay, bye-bye, but actually they come back and they say, how are you guys doing? You know, are you still staying faithful in Christ? Are you go- growing in Christ? Are you reading God's Word? And they encourage them with a kind of Christian realism to what it means to live for Christ. is through many tribulations, many, many sufferings, many trials. This is what it means to enter the kingdom of God. And the key word there is must. We must encounter through this. And so it's preparing young Christians for hard times. You know, you must go through these things. God has prepared them for you. And at the end of the day is this kingdom of God. This is how you gain entry. You know, God has prepared you to experience the same sufferings of Christ so that you depend on him more and more and more. And in these cities, therefore, there are also churches. You know, there are also, there are now gatherings of Christians. It doesn't mean that there's a building. It doesn't mean that there are lots of them. It doesn't mean that it's very organized, but it just means that there are Christians that are here gathering together regularly, and there's accountability. So these are churches, groups of Christians, and they're accountable to elders. You know, he pointed for them elders or pastors or leaders. In every church just older christians to look out for one another to kind of like keep them on the right track especially when it comes to understanding god's word and then he went home so this was all part of that same mission that same journey this follow-up to strengthen believers to plant churches and to appoint elders in these churches verse 24 Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there, they sailed to Antioch, their home church. So they went back home where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled, finished. So this was their job done. The whole missionary journey, come back full circle, going back to the church that first sent them and to encourage this church and to commend them for the work in sending them out. Verse 27, and when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles and they remained no little time with the disciples. And that's the end. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the first missionary journey of this church. There was an international church sending Paul and Barnabas out to reach more and more internationals. In the process, planting more international churches, planting more international churches with international pastors, and coming back to encourage this church. i think encourage them to do it more. But still, they spend some time there with them. You know, they need to be refreshed. They need to carry on this regular work in this church of just building it up. So they are also accountable to this church. They are also leaders in this church. So they have to do in this church what all the other elders are doing in all the other churches as well, keeping the believers faithful, teaching them the Bible, and remaining with them, being with them, just being part of the family, being part of the community, and staying there and doing this ministry in this context of a local church yeah and that's acts when you look at acts 13 and 14. more to come more to come